Hello, and welcome to the Burning Coal Theater's podcast series, Into the Fire, with Jerome Davis. I'm Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theater Company, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. We have a special guest today in celebration of the 10th anniversary of Burning Coal moving into the Murphy School. Here with us today is Greg Paul. Welcome, Greg. Thanks, Jerry. It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, you spent quite a bit of time here uh, 10 years ago. Um, you, Greg was the contractor who helped us uh, to build this space, as well as being a member of the acting company. Greg has appeared in many of our productions over the years, but I wanted to start off, Greg, if you don't mind, by talking a little bit about you. I know that you're not originally from uh, Raleigh. You you hail from the great Northwest somewhere, is that right? Well, actually, Minnesota, which has now uh, declared itself the North. Ah. No, we're no longer Midwesterners. We're now Northerners. The North, the, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I know it's cold. Uh, I guess that uh, that's the main thing to know. Um, so, Greg, uh, what brought you southward? Uh, was it the weather, or? Um, no, it was a girl ah. to whom I'm still married forty years. Uh, later. Mary so. Hartpaul, yeah. yes, yeah. who is a, 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 an architect here in the community. Uh, have you, I'm just curious, have you guys ever worked together on a project? Oh yes, uh, uh, many, many times. Mary's actually on the verge of retirement right now. Really? She's, yeah. uh, she's almost full-time in, in uh, grandmothering now, uh -huh. which uh, you wouldn't know it to look at her, but that's, that's what she does. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she she like you. She's tall and thin and uh, sort of ageless. Uh, so tell me a little bit about that. Uh, was she here and you were there and you guys met somewhere in between? Or? She actually um, uh, grew up in the South and last in uh, Laurenburg, North Carolina. She that's where she graduated from high school, mm -hmm. and her parents had. Um, had retired from there to uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina. Uh -huh. And um, I was actually, um, well, I don't really tell too many people this, but I, I did do one semester of college at a place called Tennessee Tech. In, in Cookville. In Cookville, Tennessee. Yeah, I know and uh, uh, I, uh, that was enough for me, but I, uh, <laughs> I also met uh, Mary's brother, Charlie, there on a construction site. Okay. I worked uh, worked a little bit to work my way through college, right. and uh, and he introduced us, yeah. and uh, um, one thing led to another, and we uh, we got married in 1978, which will be uh, 40 years this June. When in 78? June 10. Interesting. I graduated from high school June the 2nd, 1978, less than an hour from there. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, and we're the same age, aren't we? Small, small world. I, well, I'll be 62 this year. Oh, we were a little bit older then. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so, um, so Greg, uh, then, then it was a question of where the two of you would, uh, once you, once you and Mary met, uh, where the two of you would live and what, what, what made Raleigh the choice? Well, um, Mary wanted to do uh, her graduate work at NC State in oh. architecture. Right. And um, so we came here, um, didn't know anybody, and uh, she started on that. And uh, a little ways into that, um, 
uh, became pregnant with our first child. So that sort of uh, slowed down the master's degree process and also uh, gave us a chance to put down some roots here. Yeah. Uh, so by the time she did finish her uh, graduate work, I had already started my business and, mm -hmm. and uh, then we had another child and we were pretty much um, well grounded here. And that was in the early 80s? Early 80s, yeah. And so you have two children, mm -hmm. right? Uh, tell us about yeah. that. Hillary is, um, um, she was born in 83. Uh, she's now married and has two children and lives in Cary. And uh, Jared was born in 88 and he, um, he's a sound designer and engineer in New York City. And Hillary is actually the person who brought us together in an interesting way. This is true, yeah. Um, she actually got me uh, interested in working in theater when she was six and uh, uh, was taking a, a, an acting class at Raleigh Little Theater mm -hmm. and came home one day and said, uh, Daddy, they need some men for, for a show in, a, in the children's series. Uh, I'd been thinking that would be something that would be fun. I had done it in high school. And, right. uh, um, so I auditioned and got a part, and, and then we did uh, a lot of shows together. She was in first grade at that time, and uh, we did at least a show a year together uh, until she graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. So uh, we did a, at least a dozen shows there. And um, so when she was, I think, in well, it would have been about sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. She um, was an assistant stage manager for your second production, which was Love's Labor's Lost right. at St. Mary's um, Pittman Auditorium. In Pittman yeah. Auditorium. Yeah. And uh, so I obviously went to see that show and was blown away mm -hmm. by the quality of the work. And, and, and it was just phenomenal. You know, Randy Rand. Yeah. Uh, Running through the through the theater and it was uh -huh. just it was climbing just... over the balcony rails, yeah, and all that. Yeah. yeah, he would surprise us every day. We would all be sort of interested. <laughs> What's he going to do this time? Uh, and Rebecca Holderness directed that production. Rebecca mm -hmm. would come back and direct many uh, shows for us over the years. Mm -hmm. um, and David Henderson was in it, uh, mm -hmm. who's still uh, in Raleigh and running his own company now. We're going to have him on our podcast fairly soon. And I remember, and I, I've told you this before, but I remember Hillary because um, when the rehearsals started in, I think, September of that year, this would have been 1997, uh, mm -hmm. um, I was looking down at her. Mm -hmm. And when the performance ended six weeks later, I was looking up at her. She had an incredible growth, growth spurt. spurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a foot. She like grew a foot uh, during that time. And, um, and so, uh, so Love's Labors was your first time seeing one of our productions. Mm -hmm. um, but when did you first act with us? That would have been 2001, uh, and it was Tartuffe. Oh, yes. With, with right. uh, David Henderson in the title role. Yeah, David was in that. Uh, uh, Beth London uh, was in it. Um, and, uh, and Bob Barr mm -hmm. uh, in drag, as I recall. <laughs> Very convincingly uh, playing the elderly uh, matriarch uh, of the family. Yep. Uh, and then we took that around to, to schools, as I recall. We sure did. Yeah. And now, um, it was um, Liz Beckham. Liz, uh, yes. Oh, yes. Was, was in it. And we, oh. 
our best audience on tour was in Fayetteville, mm-hmm. 71st Road High School. Yeah. Unbelievable how much they loved us. Yeah, yeah, they liked it. They probably had, had not seen anything <laughs> like that before. Yeah. So uh, Tartip's about to open again in London. Uh, it's, there's a new version of it about to open there. So that play seems to, every five or 10 years, uh, uh-huh. uh, become relevant <laughs> again. So yeah, yeah, good. Uh, and then you did uh, some more stuff with us as an actor. You've uh, maybe most prominently uh, played Boo Radley for us in To Kill a Mockingbird. Well, that, that's probably the easiest role I ever got to play here. Um, but it was, it was, what a great production that was. Um, that was Randy directing, Randy the same directed. actor who had played Don Armato in Love's uh-huh. Labors. And uh, uh, Paul Polyenko as... Uh, uh, Bob Ewell, the mm-hmm. the bad guy. Man, he was he was unbelievable. I got to kill him seventeen <laughs> times on stage. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and that was a good show. And Liz was in that too. Now that she I think was. about it, she playing was, an eight year old girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There were performances uh, during that show when I would uh, have to have to remind myself that I wasn't looking at an eight year old. I mean, she was so convincing in that part, and she was in her early thirties, I think, mm-hmm. at the time. That's right. Um, so what an extraordinary uh, ensemble we had there. And then that production, we did it on the 50th anniversary year of the, the book's publication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we revived it the following spring uh, for a two-week run here, I think, at the Murphy School. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also took that one out on tour. So you, you were involved in a bunch of performances of that, that show, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of uh, the Murphy School, um, this building, which is now our home and has been, uh, as of February 1st, I believe, was the first performance of uh, Inherit the Wind mm-hmm. here. But you had spent the last um, eight or nine months here in the building um, orchestrating the, the build-out. Can you tell us a little bit about that project and how, how it came about? and? And what the, I'd I'd love to hear about some of the difficulties that you ran into while you were working on it. Okay. Well, um, you know, we had been uh, uh, preparing for the, for the build out for some time. I think we, we first got the uh, lease for the building in maybe two to two to three years before. I think that's right. Uh, We didn't have to pay anything yet, but, but, um, and then had the architectural work done. Um, Mary, uh, my wife, um, was the one who conceived of the idea of lowering the floor mm-hmm. to, the, uh, to the level it is now, uh, which was probably the, the, the real um, watershed moment in, in how we could design this to mm-hmm. be a, a black box theater that is accessible from the outside, you know the 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 place where the floor was originally in the building was about three feet higher than it is now, right. which would have meant um, accessibility ramps all over the site and and only a 13 foot uh, ceiling height. And no no balcony and no, no balcony. So no. we we dropped the floor and and put in the balcony, and it's it's just it was just a, a phenomenal concept. Um, so um, Mary and I uh, uh, called on her uh, uh, graduate school colleague, Louis Cherry, who is a very prominent architect in town, yes. um, to, to um, 
lead the design process. We, we, we came in with the, the idea and Lewis and his staff uh, brought it to fruition. Uh, the engineering was done by um, Lysett and Associates. Um, Chuck Lysett, a good friend of mine that I've worked with my entire career, yes. um, did, did his work pro bono for us. Yeah. Lewis did his pro bono. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so we, we, uh, we got that all together and, and raised a lot of money. We weren't, we weren't all the way there, yeah. but um, uh, our, um, our great friend and uh, um, uh, patron, Betsy Buford, um, uh, advised us to get going, just get started, jump in, and the money will come. Mm -hmm. And to, to a certain extent, that, that, that yeah. did happen. But yeah. she, if, if she had not advised us to do that, I'm not sure that we ever would have made it because it was not long after we got going that the economy started to tank. February, a month after we opened, um, mm -hmm. the the beginnings of the economic downturn. Mm -hmm. uh, that's right, and there were building projects across the street that went bankrupt, mm -hmm. and the notion of people giving money in a substantial way to something like this at that point mm -hmm. in our history, I think is a far-fetched one. And in fact, we did lose a couple of pledges. We, we lost pledges. a major pledge. Yeah. Uh, the person watched watch their portfolio shrink to a third. Right, so, that's right. Yeah. And then there was a building company also that had committed some some money that had to had to pull out at right. the time. Um, so there were there were a lot of uh, concerns and impediments. The other person who was who was very uh, influential in this project was Curtis Casefang, mm -hmm. who That's right. lives across the street. Um, did you know Curtis before this project? I did not. He had um, he actually just um, appeared one day. Yeah. Uh, early on in the process, he he got wind that this was happening mm -hmm. and, and said, "Well, uh, I'm a." I'm a theater consultant. I basically specialize in in uh, building and renovating theaters. Yeah. And like, yeah. oh, you just yeah. you're the right guy for us. Well, I remember uh, I remember him handing me his business card, and 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 I saw the word consultant and thought, <laughs> oh dear, the, do we really need that? Uh, because you know, in, as theater artists are wont to do, I thought I knew everything, uh -huh. you know, about the theater. And uh, but it turned out, my God, was he uh, was he useful in this project? Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's another person we would would not have uh, been able to to do this without and he also brought in um, a uh, sound uh, consultant um, an acoustical consultant that um, uh, really helped us with isolating this uh, portion of the building mm -hmm. from the residential wing that's right next door yeah. and and I think we probably would not be as successful as we are if, if uh, we were contending with irate residents. Yeah, and uh, we've not not had a single complaint about that. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. yeah, when he was finished with his work, he asked me to come over and test it out, and I brought a, a, one of my Ramones CDs over <laughs> and cranked it up as loud as it would go, and he couldn't hear it in the other, he couldn't you know, register it with his uh, equipment wow. uh, in the other room. So yeah, so that has, that has worked out very well uh, as well. Yeah. And um, for those of you who don't know the Murphy School's history, it was built in 1908. Uh, it burned down and was rebuilt, I believe, in 1913. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. And it was an elementary school into the 1970s. I believe 1977 was the year that Wake County took over the school system from Raleigh. 
but it was an event that happened here in 1960 that, that is probably, it's certainly the most important thing that happened in this building, but it may also be the reason why the building was still here 31 years later when we got around to, to using it. Can you talk about that event a little bit? Well, um, this was the first elementary school in Raleigh to be integrated. In 1960, the uh, Raleigh School Board uh, voted, uh, and they actually met in this room to, to um, uh, have that vote. Probably about where you're sitting right now, actually. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and they decided that the, the best way to, to go about starting the integration of the school would be to start at, at um, the, the first grade level rather than th throwing a bunch of high schoolers in together, start, start them out young. And so the first, uh, first Afri African-American student to walk through these doors was a, a boy named Bill Campbell, who was uh, uh, from a family that was, that was pretty influential and, and activist in the civil rights movement. NAACP as well, I believe. Yeah. That's right. And, and uh, that, that was the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, so fast forward, uh, what is that, 37 years, um, and there's, there's a guy named Ralph Campbell on the, on the city council when this building is closed. And um, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, uh, there was some some movement to renovate the, the classroom wings into um, yep. affordable senior housing. Uh, and uh, Ralph, knowing the history, since Bill was his brother, um, had the had the wherewithal to to um, uh, have the city council. Uh, authorized funds to put a roof on on the um, auditorium wing which allowed it to not rot to the ground uh, for the for the next 30 years that it would that it would be vacant I didn't know that yeah I, I wasn't it, aware of that. Uh, Ralph, I, Ralph and I served together later on the on the um, uh, Raleigh City Museum board yes. and he told me that story yeah. which is yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ralph. Uh, he's passed on now, but